All right, Jason. This past week, um, something kind of serious happened. What's that? I had some minor surgery. Tell me more. Uh, I had a mole on my temple removed. Oh man, you told me this. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? What? What do you? What's? Where's this going? Uh, yeah. So it was one of those moments where I immediately think of Austin Powers. <laughs> Mole. <laughs> chop it up and make some guacamole. So, Our Uncle Buck. <laughs> what is he? He hands her like $2 like here. No, it's like a quarter. Why don't you go downtown and have a rat gnaw that off your face? <laughs> so my wife just said, sweetheart, you're very moly. Uh, you need to go see a dermatologist just to make sure everything's good. Moly, and sure moly, enough, I go there. Moly. <laughs> I go to the doctor and he's just like, uh, yeah, this one on your forehead needs to get removed. And so does these two on your chest. And you need to come and see me every six months just to make sure. Instead of taking the test, did you take to the, to the chest? <laughs> <laughs> well, on both shoulders. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wow, Jason, we I, I could I could are. get melanoma, and here you are mocking me. The youth of a nation. <laughs> what? Dude, you have, um, you've been ushered into the mole removal club. I'm part of it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I had one on my back. Just one that looked weird. Lanced off. I don't know, I never saw it. You didn't ask to look at it? I asked no, the doctor to look, look at, at it. it. No, that's gross. I, I was just like, I want to see it. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. He gave me a shot for numbing, numbed me up. So I couldn't feel anything. But then he took like a little scalpel. Yeah. And he was like, I don't know what was going on back there. But, dude, he was using some force. Sometimes you got to cut deep, dude. Because I could just feel him. You could like, feel the pressure from the The blade. pressure, yeah. And I'm like, he's really cutting into me. Like this is this is all I can I can't feel anything. Sometimes they're down deep and they gotta cut them all out, cut it all the way out to make sure it's it she gone. Yeah, it came back benign. Yeah, I had some like two or three years ago cut off and it was kinda like right around right around this time of year and I was like, I just had a baby and I wanna know right now if these moles are cancerous. Yeah. Sure enough, it came back benign, nothing's the matter, but and melanoma doesn't run in my family or any type of skin cancer, but it's kind of weird. Praise Jesus. Kind of weird. I have a whole list of things to look for now, the ABCs of moles. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you later. This is uh, not your pastor's mole removal podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but this this kind of ties into what we want to talk about. It does? Yes. Okay. Because guess what's going to happen in about three to four months. Oh, you're going to get a bill, dude. I'm going to get a bill. Yeah. He said insurance would cover it because it's, it's not just cosmetic. What's insurance? (laughs) (laughs) You say insurance, but what is it? (laughs) It's a thing everybody should have, but nobody wants to. Deductible who? Out of pocket max what? (laughs) (laughs) You have lots of experience with all of that. Oh man. But yeah, even, even right. So even right now we've, 
my wife had some blood work done and some tests done uh, for her and some of her, her stomach issues that she has. And we got some medical bills in the mail just recently. So yeah. right at the perfect time of year. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's so, whenever Jess and I want something or we're walking through the store. Like if she wants something, she'll pick it up and she'll start singing. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> But we're talking about money. Yeah. Specifically, worrying about money. Yeah. You know what? I ask people questions about money and nobody responded. Nobody wants. <laughs> it's like right off the get-go, how much money you make? Nobody wants to answer that question. Well, I ask people to share, you know. Will you give me some money? Nobody wants no. to give. No. <laughs> oh, just carry. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so worrying about the monies. I thought I thought it would be a good thing to talk about because you had um, Black Friday, and then oh Cyber Monday, gosh. and then I'm Giving so Tuesday, and it's just like furious. Money's just flying away. That's the official money flying away sound. <laughs> since we're a podcast, you can't see what I just did. <laughs> Jason's making the hand gestures <laughs> as if you're just throwing money to yeah, the wind. Yeah, just going. Can I tell you about Black Friday for me? Yeah, go, I will go for it. I don't know how. I love Black Friday. They're my Black Friday stories. I don't are my know favorite. what has happened to me. I don't know if this is just a recent anxiety that I that I've developed, but I cannot be in a store with lots of people all around me or crowding Same. me. I have to keep moving. So like when everybody's, so I was going to look at some of the Blu-rays. I'm just like $5. Like, yeah, it might be worth it just to get a movie and then like gift it to somebody else down the road, whatever, just to watch it once. Or like a movie that eight is going to watch 20 or 30 times. It might be worth it for $5. And then I was by myself. And then all of a sudden a bunch of people crowded me and I got really anxious. And Shauna was like, just go, go walk around the store. Do you? Yeah. And I just, she just let me go. And I just walked to the Lego section, breathed, mm-hmm. deep breaths. But I will never, Jason, ever go on a Black Friday again. You know why? Because we picked some things. Like, here's some Christmas presents. Like, here's some things that we can get for our family members. Or I, I wanted to get a new pair of slippers because they were on sale because yeah. mine are falling apart. The line was so long, we decided, nah, we're not going to buy any of this stuff. Yeah. Complete waste of time. And then I got even more pissed off. Oh, man. Never again. We'll never go out. I have a shopping time limit. I don't know what the time limit is, but when it's up, it is up. And Jess is very well aware. Like, I get to a point in stores where I got to go. I got to get out. Like, now. Like, it has to happen. Like, you need to check out now. Like, we're leaving. Like I, I'm hopping in the Jeep and leaving you. Yeah, no, I hit a point where it's like, I got to go outside. I got to get, no, I'm done. We're done here. I don't, it doesn't matter if it's me shopping. Like it, I don't care. They're, they're like, I hit a point, I hit a wall. And as soon as it's crossed, it's, we're done. And wow. I can't, I can't explain it. It other than what I just said. Which yeah. I it's, guess was it's explaining it, really but. weird. But with all this shopping stuff and Christmas coming up, sometimes we have that little that little worry. No, we have we have episodes in the past. We did minimalism, right? Which 
How how are you doing on the minimalism? Well, look at my basement, Jason. It's it's full. <laughs> I don't know. I went through a huge. I cleaned out a bunch of stuff, and then a bunch of more stuff. Yeah. Came down here. I don't know how it's happening. Cut off one head, two more shall take its place. Yeah, the Hydra. Hell Hydra. <laughs> well, we can tell whose son really watches Captain America. I know it, dude. He's on a kick. We just watched all the Captain America movies all over They're again. They're really good, though. We also watched all the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings movies over I again. like those better. Yes. like much those better. much gooder. Yeah, much gooder. Well, so we did minimalism, and I think... We talked. We even talked about consumerism yeah. in the church. Yeah, we did consumerism last. Christian consumerism. That was a fun topic. So today, money anxiety. Ooh. As, um, you know, people who were, were not pastors. Never. And well, I shouldn't say never. If the right paycheck came along, I would be a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> Start making that Joel Osteen money. I get it. I can officially say I've been paid by a church twice for my services. I mean, I collected a paycheck for a year and a half. Yeah, it wasn't nothing to write home about. But anyway, it's a good thing that you know the Bible doesn't say much about money. So. <laughs> So why don't we dive in, since we're not pastors, <laughs> and this is our podcast, and shenanigans will ensue. Yeah. Uh, this is not your pastor's, oh my gosh, where's the money coming from <laughs> episode. Alex, I got an idea gonna make us rich is it i thought of it while sitting in the pew on sunday morning what is it grab would you please grab your bible um sure which one do you want me to use when the pastors any bible will do when the pastor says please open your bible and turn to whatever sermon today our sermon is going to be on first corinthians chapter 15 would you turn there please Resurrection chapter. You turn, and you, yeah, that noise right there. You're doing it. Oh, the page is flipping? Chapter? Yeah. What does the pastor always say? Turn. I just love the sound of those pages turning, because that means people are just digging into the word. And you know what? I use a Bible on my phone, because I don't live in the Stone Age anymore. So what if we developed an app that when you navigated to the Bible passage, it made the sound of turning pages? And somebody has stolen your idea. Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm all about giving. Like, if you want to take that idea and give us a royalty of a half penny, which is a thing. Or you can buy what, candy for half a penny. What's that whiskey you want people to buy us now? Whistlepeg. Gosh, it was so good. I have, I have showed Jason a wonderful restaurant in my hometown of Lapeer, or home county of Lapeer. <laughs> <laughs> it's both. I, live, I grew up in a town called Metamora, which was just south of Lapeer. Lapeer was the major city, but yeah, wood chips in Lapeer. Yes. Please sponsor us, because your barbecue is amazing. It was so good. It was ridiculous. Can I, can I tell you something? In a week's time, I my account has been drained by wood chips because i took my wife there for a date then she went to a girl's night 
Oh, yeah. And then one week later, I took Ada and Shauna there for, like, a family date. You see, I thought about calling you and be like, maybe we should see if Alex and Shauna want to come. Double date? We could have. And what <sighs> that happened... That would have been fun. That would have been fun. I know it. Maybe next time. What, what ended up happening is they didn't have enough seating because it's a small place. It is small. So they sat us at a table with another couple that we didn't, didn't know. Nice. <laughs> and so I took the opportunity to share Jesus. You did? Oh, well, I told them. Well, like, after a few whist, after a couple whistle pigs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't believe in randomness. I believe we were placed here tonight for a reason, sir. Do you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? <laughs> No, I didn't do that. He asked for the sauce, and I said, sure. Here it happened is. to me. A guy asked for the ketchup, but he was across another table. Yeah, this guy, because we were sitting, all the sauces were against the wall, and, you know, he didn't want to reach over me, so he was very polite, and he asked, you know, can I have the sauces? The Texas sauce. That's the best yeah. one. The Texan. I got the jambalaya. Oh, did, Shauna was going to get it, but she was afraid it was too spicy. No. Not too spicy? No. It did make my poop smell funny the next day. Ew. Yeah, well, it's the thing. So let's let's tie it back around to our topic because okay, nobody yeah. wants to know about wood chips in Lapeer. Nope. Especially our, our fans that are across the nation yeah. and the world. Across the globe. Cla- across the universes. <laughs> I was going to make an alien sound, but I re- <laughs> don't, restrained myself. Don't. I've been on a kick lately. So were you worried about... Uh, there being money in the bank account in order to pay for your meal? Well, I mean, here's the thing is, um, we had an opportunity for a date. We took said date. We spent a lot of money on said date. We had a blast. I would do it again a hundred times. But then we went and we bought a Christmas tree. Hadn't planned on it. So there goes more. The first bad thing that happened was I got paid on a Friday. (laughs) My job is one where I get paid um, bi-monthly. So, bi-monthly? Yeah, it sucks. I hate it. I don't like getting paid bi-weekly. Bi-monthly. I get paid twice a month. Isn't that bi-weekly? No, it's not bi-weekly. So you get... Because sometimes you get the fifth week in Yeah, there. and you get a... I get paid on the... I don't even know. It's the 15th. And the 30th or 31st. So you get every other week you're getting a paycheck. Every other week and a half sometimes. Oh. But every once in a magical month, the payday lines up with Friday. And it's just by the time the weekend's over, the money's gone. For, you know, for, for one reason or another. This happened to line up with payday. Plus, in-laws watching the kids. I mean, it was the perfect scenario. The perfect storm, some yeah, would say. Yeah, the perfect storm. Jeez, oh, Pete. But we talked a little bit in our, our episode um, last week about money anxiety. Yeah. Or maybe it was the, the week before. I don't know. Oh, it was remember. the WTF prayers. Yeah. One. That's what it was about. Yeah. And it kind of sparked this idea of worrying about money and being anxious about it. Can well, I... Covert Nerd, I got to give him a shout out because yeah. he sent us an email saying that he had tremendous worry over money. And he was he was giving a specific example of when he made a purchase and then it seemed like everything went wrong. And he's like, have you ever had that happen? 
Have you ever had that happen, Alex? You make a purchase, and then just everything else that could go wrong goes wrong. What is that? I made I made a purchase, and it was a car, and everything that could oh. go wrong on the car went wrong, and I had to. It was it was it all ended up working out really well because from between the just generosity of my friends and my family, like I was able to get through the month okay, and kind of get get through the week like okay i have 11 dollars left i can buy ramen dude i was single too so thankfully i was single at the time and shauna was okay not going on a date and we would we just hung out and watch movies but like there was oh my gosh i could not believe what it like so i used to live in an old farmhouse and the insulation was crappy as all get out. Oh, I went to that farmhouse, dude. It was cold. And was I would pay $520 every five weeks just to heat it. That does not Holy include... Holy cow. That does not include the electric bill on top of that $520. That's insane. That's more... My first apartment was 370 a month. That is That is more than my entire apartment. Then, so right around that same time, I have to pay, pay the propane bill. That's what I was on. I was on propane to heat the house. And I wasn't heating the house very much. I was heating the house. I kept my thermostat at 48 degrees. Yeah. Just so the furnace would run and I would heat my house with wood the whole rest of the time. Or I would try to. At the same time that I have to fill up the propane tank, my car slides into a curb because it was icy. And mm. I just completely cracked the axle, jacked the tire up. All that stuff, it came out to be like a grand to fix everything on the front end of the car. And then something else happened. There was something else. I had to pay some other extravagant bill. Maybe the the rent was due at the same time. Yeah. And it was like, there's just no way. I thought I had everything played out. I was going to be fine until all this stuff happened. Yep. And sure enough, I freaked out. My mom came over because she let me borrow her truck so I could at least get to work. And I was just freaking out to her. Like, yeah. how am I going to pay for all this? Blah, 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 blah. And she started telling me, like, you may have to sell some things in order to pay for the repairs or to get the money. And mm. I was just like, I have nothing that I can sell that I want to get rid of. And then it's, then you start, like, thinking about, well, I have to part ways with something that I love. Yeah. Oh, man. Remind me to get back and remind me. We'll tie this into Christmas because – Tis the season. Yes. But um, my purchase where everything went wrong was our first house. And dude, we bought this house and it was a nightmare from literally two days before we moved in. We're all packed. We're ready to move in. And our mortgage guy, who was also our realtor, which I didn't realize at the time was illegal in Michigan... You can't do both. Um, he's like, he calls us up. He's like, yeah, your payment's going to be a little bit higher than I thought. He's Because we told him $750 max. That's the max we can afford. I don't want to pay that much. That is the max. And he's like, it's going to be a little bit higher than $750. And I'm like, okay, like $775. <laughs> He's like seven fifty one. He's like your your monthly payment's gonna be twelve hundred. Oh, it's like douche. that is close to double. <laughs> like what the heck? Then I remember Jess and I were super young. We got married stupid young, 
I believe at this time I had just turned 21 and she was 18 and a half or something <laughs> stupid. Um, and we were debating whether we should buy a new car or buy a house because that's a logical, you know, debate you have. <laughs> we bought the house and sure enough, the car died oh. immediately. Immediately, it was, hey, let's celebrate our new house that we can't afford. Why don't you run to Little Caesars and get us some hot and ready's? And she called from Little Caesars saying the car won't start. <laughs> I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And then the water heater died. Oh, no. And um, I went to the bank and I took out a loan for $3,000. And I had $500. That was it. And I went to a car dealership and I was like, what do you have? I have 3500 bucks. That's it. And I did end up getting a car that worked out well for us. Except for two weeks after we got it, we got rear-ended by somebody, a friend of ours. We got rear-ended by a friend of ours coming to look at the house. She was following behind my wife. She was on her phone texting well, there's your problem right there. Construction zone, rear-ended us. Just, I mean, the car still ran. I never did get her fixed. Never did. Then I get a bill in the mail. Not a bill. Well, yeah, I get a bill from the city of where we bought the house uh, saying, yeah, your house was not in Homestead, and the previous homeowner never bought the taxes or never paid the taxes, so now you have to pay all the taxes on the house. It's like two and a half grand now. Do now. That, That's bull crap. That happened. We bought the house in August. That happened right before Christmas is when I got that bill. It was our winter taxes. I got stuck paying all of those. At the same time, the washer died. Had to buy a new washer. Um, what else? Something else big happened in there that I can't recall. But dude... I remember going to work. Oh, yeah, the company, the company I work for sold, and my commute went from a half hour to an hour. And so, I mean, the price of gas at the time was just through the roof. I remember going into work and standing in the bathroom and staring at myself in the mirror and just watching my, my eye was just twitching, and it, it would not stop twitching. Jeez, oh, Pete's, dude. And I'm... 21, 22. I felt like I was dying. So you're saying you were worried. You were worried a little bit. Dude. <laughs> just a little bit. And then a few years later, you're still... Fine now. Look at you. Flannel. That's the thing. That's the thing. Fine now. At the time, while you're going through this, it feels... Like, everything is against you. It feels like a demon is actively working against you. And, dude, I did everything. I prayed, man. I gave. Because, right? You, you gotta, give sacrificially. You give and you'll be blessed. Yeah. God will bless you. We did an episode on giving. God still blesses, by the way, if you yeah. don't give. Yeah. If you haven't listened to our episode on giving, go back and listen to it. It's one of our most popular this it recent is. season. It is. It is. It is one of our most popular episodes. Ooh. It's like we have our episodes with Hillary McBride and we have that giving episode are just crushing it. Man. 
God still loves you when you stop giving. He does. He still died on the cross, regardless of how much money you give this week. Jeez, man. Like his sacrifice is still good. Like Shauna and I were talking about how, so we're kind of in a predicament now where either it's a $40 fix to fix my car currently. Oh, yeah. You're in the middle of it, dude. Or we have to get a new car. And I'm, I am confident that with this new job and with the hours that I'm working, like I could afford another car, like a lower car payment. Yeah. Like around to what I have right now on my minivan. Yes, I have a minivan. Um, but I don't want that because I know that swagger wagon. Yes. You have a swagger wagon, Alex. That van is sick. Yeah. Don't talk down. It's a Honda Odyssey. Heck of a machine. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of to the point now where my wife and I, what my wife wants to go to school more full time so she can just get done with her degree. And that means she needs to work less. So that puts more of the burden on me to make more money. Also, the Rymans are talking about baby number two. Oh, you've heard it here. Fo- you've heard it here first. Baby ha- number two. We haven't started trying, but we're planning on it. We we kind of figured since with foster care, there's no guarantees that you're ever going to adopt a baby out of foster care. We want to have at least one more biological, and then it's full full bore foster care time. So I that's what we wanted. I'm here for you every step of the way, Alex. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm just that. not going to watch, okay? <laughs> and in fact, I'm not even going to think about it. <laughs> Sex is glorifying to the Lord. Sex with it your is. spouse is glorifying it to the is. Lord. In all of its weirdness. But so right before my car broke down, Jason, I was Way to pull it back together. Yeah. Before it, <laughs> before it really got derailed. Before before my car broke down, uh, I was really thinking like, oh man, this might be the year where I can, you know, I'm making good money and Shauna's photography business is doing really well. Maybe I can sell a couple of my guitars and at least downsize the number of my guitars and buy more higher quality, but yeah. just like one or two guitars. And so I'm like thinking about that, and I'm also thinking about this new hunting rifle I want, and I'm like, oh yeah, like the I'm working the numbers in my head. It's gonna work. Yep. It's gonna be awesome. And then all treat of a sudden, yourself. Treat yourself. 2018. <laughs> <laughs> and then the car breaks down, and then it's yeah. like, oh crap! If it's this much money, it's not worth putting into a 20 year old car. I drive a 1999 Subaru Outback. Yeah, which has been a great car for my my dad and me. My dad and I both have driven it, but it may not be worth putting <laughs> putting That's an, the sound of money going putting away. another thousand dollars into it for a twenty year old car. So, needless to say, I've been worrying about money a little bit. Yeah, and especially with Christmas coming up, I've only bought presents for my my brother in law and my and my dad. Sorry, everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> And Shauna. I got Shauna, Shauna's gift. Oh, man. We'll get into Christmas presents in a minute. But, dude, like, nothing's ever guaranteed. I know. Like, I, I wish stuff was just guaranteed. Like, here in Michigan, big news. Like, GM shut. Oh, man. Shut some that's plants. so sad. And, dude, that has such a profound impact. People don't even realize. That's how, that's how Flint went to ruin. We Yeah. And that's the thing, is you just talk about GM, the company, like... Just General Motors. But people don't understand 
the first tier, the second and third tier suppliers and all the little companies underneath that make and supply parts to General Motors. So when GM shuts down a car, they're no longer making the Chevy Cruze. Companies like the one I work for supplies car parts for that car, meaning we don't get paid for that, meaning people are going to lose their job at my company, potentially. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I don't think that we, we have done anything on the Chevy Cruze. I'm just using that as an example. Like, it affects everybody down the supply chain. It's not just General Motors. It's like the whole region gets a punch to the gut right well, before Well, what is Christmas. it by 2020? Not only is GM getting rid of some of their cars, but so is Ford. Oh, yeah. Ford, Ford's getting rid of all their cars. It's, Only trucks it, and SUVs because they're not selling anything. They cost just as much to make the, the Ford Fusion as it does to make the Ford Escape. Yeah. And pe- more people want the Escape because it sits up higher and it's all-wheel drive. Yeah. It's a better car, especially in, in Michigan for the winter weather. Yeah. And that, I mean, not to sense. get into... It does make sense. And I understand why GM's shutting plants and it totally makes sense you can't keep producing a car that nobody's buying what are you just gonna it's art- bad business yeah it's, un- it's just unfortunate you just it really is artificially hold jobs together until you know you have to ask the nation for a big giant bailout like they did oh years gosh, prior they don't, don't want to do that again they don't want to do it they again. shouldn't do that again and there's some people who are like though they should stay they should keep those plants open because we bailed them out but they're producing a product that nobody wants so they're trying to cut their losses so they don't have to get bailed out again. Like, well, I think they're making the right move, but I'm just like, there are so many families tied to those plants who are going to have a garbage Christmas this year. Actually, somebody we just did a furnace for. No names, obviously. No yeah. names. This person was part of that GM shutdown and her furnace went out. Yeah. At the same time, she found out she's losing her job. Yeah, so she's going through it, dude. <sighs> money, money, money. And, like, I don't know what the official stat is, but the majority of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. And that's it. I would, we're paycheck to paycheck. So are we. Like, I have savings. I use savings. You know where my savings go? Medical bills. Yep. This year's been fantastic. Years prior is not. Like, there's been times where I sold everything. Mm hmm. One of my buddies just posted a video of my band playing from 2004. We're playing at the Flint Local. Actually, it was the Metropolis, but the Flint Local in front of 300 plus people, kids. And I'm playing the same guitar that I'm playing today. And somebody pointed it out like, man, you've had that guitar forever. I was like, no, I haven't. I've I've rebought. You played that lame b-tone guitar for a while i did yeah i played a 50 dollar guitar because at one point i had to sell everything because we had a child and five thousand dollars in medical bills that was the out-of-pocket max jeez like money just has a way of disappearing and then you get caught up in things like dave ramsey or other people financial gurus who just try to give you advice or if you would just give more god would bless you more like, just give sacrificially. And people don't have a penny to give. There was nothing that stressed me out between Black Friday and Cyber Monday that stressed me out more than Giving Tuesday. Because Giving Tuesday is, like, the most, like, convicting to me. Like, 
we should give, but I can't afford to give. So now I'm being selfish, but I need this for my family. Got to like, care of your family, man. Yeah. That's that's my all, my default every time. Should I give or should I keep this because I know what we may really need is a date night because my wife and I haven't had a date night in a month. Date we nights could not. are important, dude. We So like I said in the last episode when we saw Instant Family, that was a much-needed date night. We laughed and we hung out. We teared up a little bit, had a good meal together, and it was it brought us closer together for the whole week. Yeah. And got a, it just gets you through. But, like, sometimes you have to make that hard decision. I'm not going to give $40 to the church this week because I need that $40 to take my wife on a date. Yeah. Sorry. She comes first. Some would say that you are doing a better job of advancing the kingdom going on a date than you are giving that money to the church. Well, I just made so many people mad. I don't I don't like bring it breaking it down like that, but at the same time like if if you actually looked at your church's bank statement, let's say, like whatever your their financial statement is, now we're kind of deep diving into another episode that we did. Yeah. The giving episode again where we talked about yeah. that. I'm not saying that we shouldn't give to the church because the church does do its part in advancing the gospel, but I've the more and more I read the New Testament, it's almost like Man, my money is better spent buying groceries for a family in need. Yep. Or buying diapers for this single mom. Yeah. Like, sorry, that's just how I read it. I, and I know I'm probably wrong in some areas, but I'm probably right in a lot of areas as well. A practical application, as your pastor would say. <laughs> and on that note, yeah, let's take a break. Yeah, we'll come back and we'll get into some Christmas. All right, Jason, this is the third week in a row we have a five-star review. I'm smiling. I'm smiling real big. You can't see smiles on a podcast, but if you could. But Jason has a smile. It's really big. (sighs) Great. Super. (laughs) So Jason and I have this thing on our podcast where if you leave us a five-star review and leave us a comment with that five-star review, I have to read whatever whatever it says. You brought this on yourself. I totally did and i've done this before where somebody writes a really long english word that i have to pronounce Mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna put another stipulation it has to be in english if you're gonna just put a bunch of german stuff i i I can't do it okay nine that's what you're saying right now you're saying nine (laughs) i don't speak the language of hans gruber all right what's he say so this one comes from from brinkley 1230 uh it says it says they. It says they would read any five star review. <laughs> <laughs> the second longest word in any of the major English language dictionaries is nasalasanalification, and it is the estimation of something worthless. This podcast is the opposite of something worthless. It's informative, provocative, and entertaining. It's worth your time to listen. Damn straight it is. Yeah. Say it again. What you don't understand, Brinkley, is how hard Alex worked 
<laughs> trying to get this damn word. <laughs> like a parrot, just give it time, I'll, I'll figure it out. I think that's one of my favorite reviews so far. Not worthless. Not worthless. <laughs> it's the opposite of worthless. So it's worth something. Patreon.com slash NYPP. Jason, are you ready to get back in this episode? Yeah, let's go. Alex. We're back. Mm-hmm. And nothing makes me more mad than when I cannot figure out a stupid simple melody on my guitar oh sorry so i'm playing my guitar and i'm working on songs and my six-year-old rex comes up and says play rudolph and you know what you think i'd just be able to just whip out rudolph and i couldn't do it i was getting so mad (laughs) i was getting so ticked off like he's like my little precious six-year-old is is trying to sing Rudolph along with me fumbling over the freaking notes. Dad, that's not it! It's not it, Dad! His sweet little voice. Rudolph the Red... Nope. No. Maybe you should try higher, Daddy. Flat. Flat. <laughs> You're flat. He was. Maybe, maybe if you go up here, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it! Back off! I love how sometimes I'll stumble upon a melody on accident. Like, I was in band practice, bringing down Broadway band practice the other day, and I start playing Take My Breath Away (laughs) from the Top Gun soundtrack. (laughs) And everybody's like, is that from Top Gun? I'm like, yes. Yes, it is from Top Gun. It's it's the song that they're playing when Tom Cruise and that lady are having. Kelly McGillis is her name. They're having the sex. Oh, and with that, money. Yeah, money. Worrying about yeah. it. Tom Cruise ain't worrying about money. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm not doing it again. <laughs> I will not. Uh, Christmas but, memories, Alex. It's Christmas is right around the corner. And now that we've determined we're poor, I just saw your Band-Aid for the first time. Oh, for my You mole. pulled your hair back, and I saw where the mole used to be. And now I realize that part of you is missing. It's in a jar of solution in my doctor's office. <laughs> Shauna had a name for it because it was kind of like a bigger one. It was like raised a little bit. And I'm sure if I would have let it keep growing, it would have got bigger and bigger and bigger. But I do you remember. care to share the name of your mole? I can't remember what we called it. Honestly, I wish I could remember. Text her right now. I'm not going to text her. She's upstairs reading her Bible. All right. Don't you leave me no choice. <laughs> oh, no, you jerk. I'm texting Shauna. She might be able to hear us through, through the floorboard. <laughs> There's been a few times where we've been talking about things and she just chimed in. <laughs> she it was like yells my, through uh, the fence. My best friend growing up, his parents were deaf. And I was saying some words and his mom could read lips very well. Oh. Yeah. You, that was. You probably got in trouble, didn't you? Well, and she was shocked because I was the good kid. <laughs> Sorry, Judy. Sorry. She's sorry. not listening to this. Uh, no, she's not. <laughs> Quite literally. I used to call their house because they had, uh, what was it called? Michigan Relay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So this was way before cell phones and anything. So I couldn't just like text my buddy. I feel like we've told this story on yeah. the podcast before. Or so I would just say the most ridiculous no. thing. Steve Austin talked about it. He used to be we, that guy. He did. He was because he knows guy. sign language. He was that guy on the other side of the phone. He was answering your call specifically. Yeah. So I would just say the most ridiculous things to see if Michigan Relay would type out. <laughs> what a, and then I'd run over there. It'd be like simple things like. Ending my phone call with Oakley Dokley and just seeing if they would type it out. And they would just put okay and I'd get really mad. Oh, gypped. I know it. Ned Flanders. Oh. All right. To Shauna, what did you name Alex's mole? Question mark. Send. Well, we'll have the answer by the end of the podcast, yeah, everybody. Yeah, we will. Stay tuned. Uh, you mentioned Steve Austin, and I brought up this topic um, on Facebook and Twitter because I wanted advice for people. You know, one of the things about pastors, Alex... Is they love to give advice. Is they get up behind their pulpit, and they give advice, and the church is rarely heard, right? You just go, you listen to some songs... You hear the pastor do his things, and it's just very one-sided. You just take in, but you don't give get to give any input. Mm-hmm. I uh, that's we don't do that. We no. ask for people's input all the time because it's not your pastor's podcast. That's kind of one of our themes of many. Absolutely. Um, let me pull up this thread. It might take him. It might. It might take me a minute. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. You could play some background music while I'm looking it up. I refuse. What would be background. your background music if you were playing you, background so music? So right now, if I was playing background music, it would be the soundtrack to uh, White Christmas, the 1954 film. All the music was written by Irving Berlin. I... Dream. That is one of the songs. Is that the thing? That is one of the songs of that a you play. So that is my hands down favorite Christmas movie of all time is White Christmas. I don't think I've ever seen it. It's on Netflix. It's, really? I like it because it not because like I wish we were back in the 1950s or anything. I don't wish that at all, but it kind of shows this like romanticized version of the 1950s. Yeah. And it's like yeah, I wish we can go back to that where men were gentlemen and like ladies wore nice dresses and everybody went out dancing and had fun and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah. That it, it, it's just it's a romanticized version of what life used to be or could have been like in the 1950s cuz I don't I've never grown up in the 1950s. Yeah. It's also Dude, very, I have often thought thought the same thing. But it's also very patriotic which plays into a lot of my upbringing with being a son of a uh, member of our military. So. You know what my favorite Christmas movie is? What? Gremlins. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best scene in that whole movie when they're all singing carols. It is. All right. I found found it. Okay. I said, have you ever entered the holidays stressed about money? What advice can you... Share with us to be less stressed or just share your story. 
And then I let people know that your responses may be read on the air. Um, but Steve Austin is doing a thing right now. And he sent us a big, long message. I don't think I'll read it all. But he is doing a 10-day e-course, How to Keep the Cray-Cray Out of Your Christmas. And I would, I would recommend that you go to his website, steveaustin.something.com. Possibly. Just make sure you don't get stone cold, Steve Austin. Yeah. One thing for sure, don't go to our website. It's got Chinese porn on it. <laughs> or something. I don't know what that is. I don't know what the crap it was when you showed it to me. I'm like, this is this is the devil. So some people brought it to my attention. Side side note. Um, Alex and I are poor to tie in with our episode. We let our website lapse. Because it was a lot to take care of. It was expensive. Mm-hmm. And some, I mean, it looks Chinese. Of Asian origins. Yeah. Has not, now has control over the domain, notyourpastorspodcast.com. And, uh, I mean, it. it's interesting, <laughs> to, to say the least. Maybe, but uh, if you go visit it, Careful, don't get a virus on your computer one, but it might be the most traffic that they have. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but look Steve Austin up, visit him. Um, he's got some great stuff to thinking back on Christmas's past. And man, his his post reminded me of Christmas growing up. What is what's like some of your best Christmas memories? Um, every Christmas, and it's starting to change now because my grandparents are getting older and they just can't keep up with everything. Um, every Christmas, my grandfather makes Grand Slam breakfast. That's what he calls it. Nice. And we all go over there for like a brunch. Everybody's drinking mimosas, feeling good. And then he's over there in the kitchen just drinking scotch and (laughs) making waffles. That that sounds awesome. And he's making waffles, and he's already fried up every breakfast meat you could possibly imagine. So there's bacon, there's sausage links, there's sausage patties, there's Canadian bacon. All that stuff is there. That sounds amazing. Isn't Canadian bacon just ham? Yeah. Oh, that's what I thought. But it's all there. All the breakfast meats are there, and it's literally the meal I look forward to. You get the uh, butter real butter on your waffle, and then you top it all off with Mrs. Buttersworth syrup. That is amazing. Or log cabin syrup. My favorite Christmas memories, my parents were separated. They got divorced when I was like five, six years old, somewhere in there. But my mom and dad always did such a good job at Christmas time. My mom is amazing. We would wake up at 5 a.m., because we're so excited, us kids, for Christmas was here and presents and all that jazz. And my mom, we would do Christmas at 5 a.m. every oh Christmas. Lord. I know it. But my mom smacked me one time because I got her up too early. Yeah. <laughs> my, my mom should have smacked us. And I smack my children now because that's ridiculous. But my mom didn't. She's like, if, okay, if this is it. So, I mean... 
we had a few traditions. One, Christmas morning was always by candlelight. Interesting. And always smelled amazing, was always by candlelight. Two, we always had what we called monkey bread. Have you ever had monkey bread? No. I it, p- Different people probably call it different things. It's what our family called it. It's just like... All this conversation is making me hungry for is breakfast food. Yeah. Just like, kind of like a cinnamon roll thing. Okay. I, I don't... I don't know how else to describe it. I haven't had it in a long time. Always had monkey bread, though, on Christmas morning. And then one of the gifts that we always got was a movie. And so all Christmas afternoon, we've been watching movies because there's three of us. We each get a movie. We'd watch the movies. But I think the Christmas by Candlelight was something that I think we did it with my boys one year. They were asking about it the other day. Dad, are we going to do Christmas by candlelight? It's like, eh, yeah, sure. So maybe we'll have to do that again this year. Nice. But then with my dad on his side, so we'd go to my dad's house in Flint. We'd open gifts. And then we would, um, he would drop us back off to our house with my mom. So my dad always gets Christmas Eve. My mom would always get his Christmas uh, day. But my dad was amazing as a dad because he would drive half hour, pick us up, go back to his house. We'd open presents and then he'd drive back out. And I just think most dads probably wouldn't have done that, made that trip on Christmas Eve, but he would do that. And then after, um, on the way home anyway, we would drive through Frankenmuth and Frankenmuth is a town in Michigan that uh, German town, but it's Germ. It's Michigan's own little Bavaria. Yeah, exactly. But it is decked out full Christmas. They have a store called Bronner's that is just legendary. It's open 364 days a year. The only day it's closed is on Christmas. Um, full blown Christmas store. But the whole town is just decked out in lights. Amazing. And we would drive through. Frankenmuth and just look at lights. And there was one year in particular where it hadn't snowed. And my dad gets out of the car in a parking lot and does like a, a rain dance, but a snow dance around there. And it started snowing. But all that to say is my favorite Christmas memories and your favorite Christmas memories have nothing to do with presents or gifts. No. They have everything to do with memories in the moment. And we get caught up in situations where we're in a financial hardship, but we feel like it's the presents that make Christmas, and it's not. It's the memories. It's the people. It's, it's not the things. Oh my gosh, you know what this is reminding me of? And what I've been doing all week? I've been going back and listening to old episodes of the Red Rum Theater talking about their Christmas movie picks. Yeah. And listening to Tony and Ernesto talk about their Christmases growing up, which were completely different from mine and yours. Yeah. And listening to them talk about 
their family and how that was the most important thing, not necessarily the presents. Because they, they told a story one time of how they came home and all the presents were stolen. Yeah. And how they still made Christmas work. And yeah, Christmas is not always the best time of year for some families, but they still had each other and that was enough. And it, it I, I finally see now where you're going with this conversation because... We worry about the material. Yeah, we do. We worry about what that almighty dollar will get us. I do it too. Like, I honestly was like, I need to make more money because there's this truck I really want. Yeah. Or it's in this price point that I really want. So I need to start making this much money. My dad, so a similar story to your story about going to a car dealership with only three grand. I did the math and I was like, if Shauna doesn't work next year, Let's just say, and the the finance the financial burdens of all the bills falls on me. I can afford a car that's three grand. Yeah, and there's some online, and yeah. some that actually look fairly decent. I told my dad that he 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 snickered. <laughs> he said, "You're not going to get a good car for three grand." I'm like, I just need a car, dude. We got a good car for three grand. I mean, it got rear-ended, but I think I told you over the phone, man. We bought that car for three and a half grand. Drove it for three or four years and then traded it in for two grand. Yeah. Thousand dollars total expense. Insane. So and it was a good car. Yeah. Yep. You, you, you luck out. It makes me think Are uh, is somebody else watching over here? <laughs> it makes me really think of what I want to start doing with Ada because that's one of the things Sean and I always talk about like with our family like what are we going to do that's going to be like our family's thing because like obviously we have like our extended family what we do with our extended family and that's kind of part of like what I talk about with my grandparents yeah but I want something like candlelight Christmas would be awesome yeah or something else where it's just the Ryman clan doing something and that's what we're trying to focus on a lot lately because I f- we feel like – because we're in the thick of having two families essentially. Yeah. You have your wife's side. You have your yep. hu- the husband's side and it's it's like being pulled. It's and- always that weird thing as a family like what's our, what's our way? Of doing it yeah. as opposed to – Like my family did it this way. My wife's family did it this way. But how are – what are we going to do? What are our kids going to remember? And I think it just – Man, I don't know. I think it just happens. And besides, like, with, with Ada, she's so little, like, we haven't, like, had, like, too many Christmases where she even, like, knows what the heck's yeah, going on. she doesn't remember them. She just knows that she gets to sit and play with wrapping paper and eat an apple because that's what yeah. she always wants in the morning. That's her morning snack before breakfast is an apple. Maybe that's part of your tradition. <laughs> she just sits there and gnaws on an apple. Very apple Christmas. <laughs> Um, no, we got some input from some other uh, listeners via Twitter. Charlie Porter. Oh, hi, Charles. Yeah, he has this amazing thread that he wrote on our Twitter, or I guess on the Twitter. Um, where does this thing start at? Dang it. Um, right. Our first year of being married, the sticker shock of Christmas kicked in for buying for two families while having to save to pay for the next semester's tuition. We decided that we weren't going to buy for anyone who wasn't a kid. We were upfront about it with family as well. 
has told them, we don't expect or desire a gift from them. We just wanted to be with family. And while we were paying for my wife's schooling, now that the financial aid was an option due to my income and gifts would not be exchanged until she is done. In some ways, it helped everyone because the obligation went away and we could just enjoy each other's company. Some still insist and did get upset, not realizing we were serious, but our family came first um, over the rest of family. It has changed how cousins exchange gifts to this day. My tip is to be realistic about your expenses and what you can spend as a family. I work in mortgages. This, this was the meat of his post to me, by the way. I work in mortgages and too many people use their house payment on Christmas and face foreclosure in August here in Michigan. Isn't that brutal? Oh my Lord. Debt is not an acceptable practice when buying things because you feel obligated. Your obligations come by keeping your family warm, fed, and loved. If you have some left over, then make sure your neighbor is good on the warmth, food, and love. If that's established, then by all means, what money you have, feel free to buy gifts, but not obligated. Solid. Solid, Charlie. Advice. He just crushed it. Dude, I remember having a coworker one time who was just going, like, Christmas was coming. We didn't get a Christmas bonus, or at least not the bonus that we expected. Very Vegas, or not Vegas. Dang it, I keep saying that. Christmas vacation. <laughs> well, and there is a Vegas vacation. I know, there movie. is a Vegas vacation for some whatever reason that sticks in my head more than Christmas vacation. But, yeah. Like we didn't get it, and he just—I just remember him loading up on debt to for his kids to have the Christmas, and I was like, "Nobody here is judging you, man. Like we're all in the same boat. We're all struggling. Like I don't oh know who you're gosh. competing with, but you don't have to." I remember this is one of the things that blessed. I know this is like a, such a Christianese thing to say, "Blessed my heart." <laughs> yeah, but. It was it was one of those years just barely scraping by. Yeah. Pay like paycheck to paycheck wasn't enough. I was like some months I was selling all my woodworking tools just to make sure we had groceries. Yeah. And it was Shauna's birthday. Nothing in the bank account. I found a lampshade mm-hmm. at Target that she wanted. And it was ten bucks. Yeah. Which was tight like the even just fork over ten dollars yeah thankfully or when i went out to the car because i had some other like grocery things that i got from target some other food things that i bought that were essentials i completely left i forgot about the lampshade and left it in the cart and drove off yeah and i hurried back to target and it was gone oh and i walked inside and i was like this is gonna be like a long shot but I left my lampshade <laughs> in a cart outside. Do you guys have it? And they're like, actually, yes, we do. And oh, I was like, man. yes. Somebody tried to take it in and return it yeah, and get money for it. But they're like, uh, I don't think you would be the kind of person that would buy this lampshade. So anyway, I remember my wife, because every time you get like a heartfelt gift, you have to post about it on Facebook. She yeah. wrote this post on Facebook, and it meant the world to me because she essentially said like, this is one of the best Chris or best birthday gifts I've ever gotten from my husband because this is all we could afford. And I'm yeah. just thankful to have him in my life. And I was like, 
I'm like, here come the waterworks. But yeah, I don't know. I love what Charlie said. Don't feel obligated. Like, I feel obligated to make sure that Ada has winter boots. Check. Got them. Yeah. We got them. I feel obligated to make sure that my wife has a car that she can drive so she can get to school. Okay, got it. There's not really a whole lot left after that. And especially with this car thing coming up, like, we'll see. We'll see if (laughs) my brother-in-law and my dad are getting gifts because they've already been bought, and I can't return them. So, yeah. Man, speaking of Shauna, she texted me back. (laughs) (laughs) You just said, like, some of the most heavy stuff on this episode. She didn't say, man. She just posted. She just sent the the little, like, green throw-up face. <laughs> That's what his name was, Vomity. Yeah. So we might have to wait for another day. She's probably like, what are you guys talking about down there? I feel like she named she named it or something because she would just, like, look at it and be like, yeah, that needs to go. Yeah. And thankfully it wasn't a cosmetic thing. The guy was like, yeah, it's probably bothers you. Let's take it off. One more from Twitter. Um, wow. Yeah. Sarah Cavarnos. No idea if I'm saying that right or not. Sorry, Sarah. But some solid. Just listen. Uh, I've realized as I come into the holiday season as a new college student, many of my friends try to focus on experiences rather than gifts. We love to go out to places that are either free or inexpensive and just be present with one another which is super important these days. That kind of goes back to something that the minimalist talked about. And what I keep trying to tell all my family members. Yep. Like Ada. So we, I bought Ada one toy mm-hmm. and I don't think we're going to buy her any else. Yeah. We just bought her one just so she can have something fun to open. And it was on sale. It was the Elsa Lego set. Yeah. Which you can never have enough Legos. They're only going to go up in value. Yeah. It's an investment, not it just is. a toy. So I got her the, it was on sale. I bought it. She's going to get the Elsa Lego set. She's going to love it. We're not getting her any other toys. We should make a, we should write a psalm about Legos, (laughs) just praising Legos. So my wife and I, because, because Ada's birthday is December 20th. Yeah. We're trying to find something to do for her birthday. That's an experience. Like take her to Disney on ice. Yeah. Or take her to the aquarium as opposed to actually getting her a gift. Yeah. Or like I tell all my family members, she's young. She doesn't understand the toy thing yet. Just donate to her college fund that I've started for yeah. her. Please do that instead oh, of buying her something man. that she's going to play with for a month and then toss it. We tried to do that with our family, and they said, F you, we're adults. They're only fun to buy for when they're little. <laughs> we're buying presents. Well, then buy like a $5 toy and give me the $20 to put into their bank account. Yeah. Jeez. They didn't say F you. I'm just, that was kind of the thing. So. Although I think. Maybe that'll work when she gets older. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But here's, here's, we need to, we need to draw this to a close. Right. But here's the main thing. Out of all the stress, I talked earlier about the house and everything bad that happened. And here's the bottom line. I'm still alive. And at no point was I ever in a position where I thought I was going to lose my life Mm. or my job for that matter or my position in Christ. Like at no point 
Was any of that ever up for play? And in fact, at every point, I was taken care of along the way. I made it through. We always had food. We always had shelter. We always had clothing. At no point was any of that at risk. And it left me thinking, what then was I so stressed about? I've been thinking about this a lot. And I think what I was most stressed about was failure and um, appearance in front of others. Mm. We're this young married couple. We're buying the house. People are coming up to us in church and outside of church and saying, oh, you're doing the right thing. I mean, houses are, you know, is the best investment you can make. By the way, 12 years later, we sold the house. We got 200 bucks. It was not a good investment. It was, it was about as poor as you can get. Mm. It was awful. Um, but uh, pride wells up in there too, right? I don't want to ask for help. I can do this my own way. Um, I was afraid to switch careers because I thought I'd start at the bottom again in skilled trades. Like you start at the bottom, you're making 10 to $12 an hour. Thankfully, that's not what happened with me, but, and I, but I didn't know that. And I was afraid to take a pay cut again because I was like, how can I afford my house? Yeah. And I remember what my wife told me. I don't care if we lose the house. I care that you're happy and that you're doing something and that the, you're in a career, not just a kind of dead end job. Yeah. And that kind of gave me some, a little bit of permission to go and try something different. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I did. Yeah. So, but I understand that because in social media doesn't help. I think we put the pressure on ourselves. <sighs> Like, like with, I told my without, wife the other day, I told my wife the other day, the people on Facebook are just what they want you to see. It's not who they really are. Well, face, Facebook and Instagram, it's an accelerator, right? We, we look at what everybody else is doing at their very best. And it's a really piss poor example because we look at everybody else and they're at their very best. And we look at ourselves and we say, I'm not there. I'm not there. And then... When stuff does happen to go for well for us, we post our own well doings, right? We don't post the bad stuff, and our relationship toward Christ works completely different. Like Christ loved us, not while we had everything together. Mm-hmm. He loved us while we were still sinners, while we were in our mess, while we were at our worst. Christ doesn't love you when you're at your best. He loves you while you are at your worst. And then you start from there. And that makes all the difference in the world. Mm. I keep going like back, like, like he had my back the entire time. Like everything was being taken care of. And yet it was just me getting in my way and my own anxieties. And I always go back to Luke chapter 12, uh, just a phenomenal chapter. Uh, I mean, obviously I don't know how it's going to speak to your life, but I recommend you go read it is, and it has to deal with anxiety and we've mentioned it before in previous episodes, but Christ is, Jesus is like making the example of look at the birds Like, look at the sparrows. Like, they don't worry, and yet they're provided for. How much more will God provide for you, O you of little faith? 
And that's where we get carried away. We get tangled up in things like our pride, um, our appearance, what we look like towards others. We want to be the best. We want to fall in line. We don't want to fall short because we don't want to be ashamed. And it's it's bullshit. It is. Like there's it's there's not no, worth it. There's no other point. There's no other way to put that. There, it's not worth it. Like you are loved. You are cherished. You can do no worse and still be loved by Christ. And if you have Christ on your on your side, then what else? Like I feel like that has empowered me more over the years. And our pastor, he had a great great sermon on asking advice. We go to friends and we ask advice. We go to pastors and we ask advice. And that's not who you should be asking advice for. You should be asking God, like going straight to the source and asking it, knowing that he can provide it. And I can say for myself, like, I know he can provide it because look at all that I've been through and I didn't die and I didn't lose my job. And I always had food and I always had shelter. And it's just like God saying to that little sparrow, like, I know you're every step. I know the things that you need. I'm here to take care of you. Oh, and I love you, by the way, and I'm not going to let anything happen. It's, it's a really... It may not be the most ideal, but it will work. And it will be acceptable. And it will be pleasing. It's a really great exercise to look back to your past, right? Yeah. I, I was doing the math the other day. I used to make half of what I make now. Yeah. And I was the primary breadwinner of, of our home. Yeah. Shauna was doing photography, just starting out her business. The checks came irregular. I was making $25,000 a year. We had a mortgage and two car payments. Yeah. I don't know how it worked. I, That's I, always the thing. That's always what people say. I don't know how. I don't know how we and then did you it. Just, and then you sit back and go, oh, Jesus. It was Jesus. Yeah. Taking care of us in some, in some old... In some way, it may not look like it. Like, I'll tell you right now, I cannot afford to get another house outside of Flint right now. Yeah. Can't. Am I working towards that? Kind of. Am I going to stay here? Yeah, I'm probably going to stay here for as long as the Lord wants me to stay here. Because this, the house that I live in is a great house. And every time with I a great s- podcasting basement, absolutely. But at, at, so sometimes my wife and I will start to, well, you know, you go on realtor.com or whatever. Yeah. And you start looking at houses and you start wishing and dreaming. And, oh, I want my hobby farm. I want five uh, acres or I want 10 acres with a pond. Of a Picket fence. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and then you completely forget about the fact that the house that you're living in, it may not be in the quote unquote area that you want to be in, or it may not have as many trees as you would like it to have, or it's not, it's kind of old and there is some upkeep to it, but at least you got a house. Yeah. And it's a house that's got good bones and it's, Man, there's so many memories that I've have here, and the day that I leave here is gonna be very hard. Or maybe I'll just die here. I'll just live here for another forty years. Well, so. I mean, you said the key word in memories. So to any of you out there who are worried about their Christmas, 
as you and I both have been at different years, how are we going to financially pull it together? It's not about that. Just, I hope this is another reminder for you that it's not about material things. It's about memories. Make them. You don't need money to do that. Mm-mm. I remember talking to a therapist friend of mine one time who said, yeah, one year we were dirt poor, broke, and we went and found cardboard boxes, and we had some paints, and we painted up the cardboard boxes and made a giant castle for our toddlers to play in. And it is by far their favorite Christmas. And they spent no money to do it. And, like, that's that's the meaningful thing. Well, I can say this much. I'm looking forward to this Christmas making a lot of memories. Yeah. Because Shauna already gave me my gift in advance. Oh, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) So everybody else can make memories. I already got my gift. Yeah. Way to derail. <laughs> yeah, you did. So you know what is a better way to end a podcast about money? Support us on Patreon. Absolutely. <laughs> or don't, honestly. Like if you can't afford it, don't don't take your wife out to dinner. Yeah. That's far more important than our podcast. But it, it at the very least, at least subscribe. Yeah. Alex follow us. Alex and I are saving up for an extremely expensive whiskey. <laughs> I just want to try it. I just want to try it. Yeah. You've said it's really good. I I trust you. Yeah. As my friend and podcast host. So let's save up. We're gonna, I'm gonna start saving up cans. Tis the Lord's whiskey. Oh my lord. <laughs> Please forgive my friend. Oh man. So yeah. So subscribe. In all of our brokenness, he is good. <laughs> I'm trying to talk to the okay. people here. Okay, yeah, you do the thing. So subscribe on Apple iTunes. At, at the very least, subscribe. That helps us out tremendously. If you're not leaving a five-star review or giving a Patreon, the very least you could do is subscribe. You can follow us on the Stitcher app or Google Play. We're also there. Uh, wherever, wherever great podcasts are sold We're at all the or places. streamed for free. Hopefully soon on YouTube. <laughs> and um, Jason. Yeah. We got social medias. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, they're all there. So follow us on your pastor's podcast. Or if you want to send us like a long form email, which a couple people have done, not your pastor's podcast at gmail.com. Dude, we love getting emails. Send us emails. Absolutely. I primarily read them because Alex is busy. I don't know what I do with my life. Yeah. Right now I'm trying to find a car for three grand. But I. It's worth buying appreciate the emails we appreciate the emails so send them yep and with that jason we say this at the end of every podcast yeah and i feel like it's maybe on point for somebody struggling financially if you're out there and you are struggling financially at the moment first you don't need advice from us you don't need advice from your pastor you don't need advice from your friends Ask Jesus first. And then keep your stick on the ice. Yeah. That would be our advice. 